Well, welcome, Otis. Glad to be here, Clark. Thank you for having me. Share a little bit just about who Otis Ziga is. Well, um, Otis Ziga was born in, uh, in Bosnia um, in the early uh, 80s. And, um, you know, after the whole war situation, I made my way to the United States, where I currently live here in Charlotte, North Carolina, our beautiful state of North Carolina, and um, found myself uh, getting education in this lovely uh, system of ours, and uh, uh, just uh, made my way through uh, corporate America, currently working in the financial industry. Well, let's go back, uh, share a little bit where where you were born and just growing up there, and then obviously we'll get into your memories and reflections of the war when you were there. But just tell us a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up. Well, I was I was born in, in, in Yugoslavia, and eastern part of the Bosnia Bosnia was one of the Yugoslavians republics. Uh, I was born in small small town of uh, Rogatica, um, in in Easter in Easter Bosnia, uh, and you know just like any any child, you know you you born and just uh, like having these uh, uh, ideas and and you see in the movies and and things of that nature, and you just kind of create your own fantasies where you want to go, what do you want to do. And you know, it's just you playing. You going to school. You you walk into school. You know, where I grew up, we had to walk at least four miles to school in one way uh, every day, and um, through through small forests and, and stuff like that. Very, it just really holds special place in, in in my heart. And then you know, just uh, out of nowhere, uh, out of nowhere, you know, as a child, you don't really pay attention to certain things. But you see, like your parents, like watching news. But then they start watching news like really closely, and then the neighbors and friends and cousins start watching news together, and they just talk. And then you, as a child, you just playing. You don't really pay any attention. Well, you know, little did I know, you know, that there was gonna be a point in time where, you know, I'm gonna go in classroom and teacher gonna come and saying, hey. Uh, we gonna have to have a dismissal, and we don't know when when you gonna when we gonna return to school, because uh, you know um, nearby neighborhoods and villages are being uh, you know under 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 attack. So of course, again, you being a child, you really don't uh, you don't you don't understand. You 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 not really um, comprehending what's really going on. And you know, uh, coming home, I I I remember seeing my parents watching the news, specifically uh, demonstrations in capital city of Bosnia Sarajevo, where you know um, the, the army. Uh, Around the, the the city, you know, starting to take hostages and putting barricades and stuff like that. So we were like, you know, well, you know, we this this is not happening. It's not going to happen. You know, we 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 grew up in this uh, 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 peace brotherhood, and that's why you were taught in school. And uh, Marshal Tito was someone who you I mean you respect that you you honor that it's it's brotherhood I mean that's there's no way this is going to be happening to our country but you know obviously Tito died in 1980 and you know there was a lot of uh, tension for nationalism and all uh, amongst all of 
republics, especially the, 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 the largest republics, you know, where, you know, they always felt like when Tito came to power with partisans that he pretty much forced everyone to, 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 to work together, to live together in, in harmony and brotherhood. And I, I guess for the 50 years, uh, how long he has been in power, you know, that was just kind of like sitting there waiting to, to, to spill over or, or, or break into whatever it did break into in a war. Um, so, you know, in, in that part of the country, in the, in the small town uh, where, where I grew up, um, Zepa is, you know, we were pretty much right off the bat doomed in the sense of that living in the eastern part of the country most of most of our lands most of our properties and and, and major roads and everything was bordering the neighboring country which was the republic which was serbia which was one of the largest republics at the time and that's you know there there was a lot of um that, that you know, in our neighbor, 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 our neighbors, the, the people who we grew up, people that, that we knew as our friends who worked with our parents, you know, uh, the Serbian individuals, they started to, you know, form, form small um, groups uh, uh, of army uh, that would get a weaponry because majority of uh, people's armies' weapons were uh, strategically located uh, in in in, um, in Serbian territory. Now, when I say this, I want to say this that you know not all Serbs are the same. Uh, I, I want to point that out because there are some good people in every people, obviously, but those individuals who specifically wanted to uh, steal or take away from Bosnia those specific regions like Srebrenica which I'm, I'm sure you have heard and many people have heard the massacre that took place in, uh, in, in 96, you know. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard, it's, it's really hard to comprehend that the very same people that you grew up with were just kind of turning against you, just primarily, I, I guess now when we're looking back on history was, uh, idea of Radovan Karadzic and Radko Mladic to do ethnic cleansing uh, of, of, of civilians, basically based on religious beliefs. Um, again, um, two crazy men, two crazy ideas, and they, they were fortunate enough to gather enough followers to do just that. Um, f from like 1992, all the way through, you know, 1996, I mean, you, we were, we were in captivity. I mean, you know, uh, you had to, specifically eastern part of Bosnia, you, you had to, uh, you know, protected enclaves by United Nations, which happens to be in Zepa, we had uh, uh, Ukrainian soldiers, and in Srebrenica, uh, they were Dutch. Um, uh, troops who supposed to, uh, or, or blue helmets, if you will, if we know that blue helmets, their mission is to go in places of war and keep the peace. They are key pieces. They are not to fight. They are not to 
uh, use the weapons unless they attacked, obviously. So, you know, for all, all of this time that we were in this enclave, you know, imagining that there's a ring around the small towns. Srebrenica was larger, larger city, but speaking specifically of Shepa having this small, small town and having this strong stronghold of, of uh, so-called uh, Republic of Srpska Army, they, they, there was nothing coming in or leaving. So, you know, for that brief period of time, our, our, our fathers and whoever could, you know, possibly pick up some kind of weapon, which we didn't have any, uh, that was a the, the part of the town, uh, part of the country where people didn't think of war, didn't think about um, having weapons, didn't think of... Uh, nothing bad gonna happen. I mean, you had few uh, recreational weapons people who were hunters, you know, that you would go hunt, but there was no, you know, automated weapons or guns and stuff like that. So when 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 we actually start feeling that some some of these uh, soldiers might be creeping in, so they they started organizing small um, groups of people, men who would go just kind of like on, on outskirts of the, of, of, the, of, the, of the town just to keep eye to make sure that no one or nothing, you know, c comes in until um, United Nations didn't come in. I mean, I, I remember this. <laughs> this is, I, I remember this so vividly when they were saying there, there's a, there, there are the United Nations trucks coming and we we went on the outskirts of our little neighborhoods and and we would watch all these um ukrainian soldiers coming down with these army army uh trucks they were painted in white with the big old un letters on, on on them and we knew that there was food uh that the food was coming and, and indeed uh that was actually first time for me to see like an army, army, you know, these, these individuals, they, they, they had the camouflage uniform. And I'm like, I remember just standing there looking like, wow, you know, and they were talking different language and they looked different. And also in those peacekeepers, there was some, um, you know, French and uh, certain African, um, you know, uh, nations who would, who were part of the United Nations. And I just remember, like, you know, seeing these big old bags of flour, sugar, um, oil, uh, essentials that for, like, so long we, we, we couldn't because there's nothing coming in or leaving. Um, and then just later on, uh, United Nations uh, and U.S. would drop pilots with, with parachutes from the airplanes. I mean, two, three tons heavy uh, square looking uh, uh, pilots that would just drop down and you would go in the mountains at night and try to get uh, get some kind of MREs uh, you know like ready to eat meals that the army would eat and I remember just being a treat for me you know finding those things but just to uh, just to go back you know uh, when all, all of this started it was a big shock it really was a big shock because you know I grew up, obviously I was born after Tito was died, the Tito died, but then 
that that idea of unity always existed. I mean, every household had a marshal's picture in their in their home, and like you would you would dare to say his name in vain or any, or anything like that. That was that was you know police uh, strict everything. You know, when you see now dictatorship, I don't I don't think you can relate those two things because people in Yugoslavia they were they they were free to go anywhere you wanted to go. Uh, in fact, people would come to Yugoslavia to work, like Polish, Romanians would come in to, to, to earn a living because country prospered, especially after 1960s when uh, United States and, 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 and Yugoslavia were on really good terms because at that time President uh, Kennedy wanted some kind of allies in that part of the world, especially, you know, you had the Soviet Union right right there. So, you know, there, there was a lot of dealings done with, with the United States. So Yugoslavia, like, prospered. I mean, we had our own car. I mean, you know, just the, the beautiful Adriatic Sea, sea as far as tourism. I mean, just prospering in 1984. Bosnia had the 14th uh, Winter Olympic Games, which I did share that. Uh, um, it's just uh, nostalgic things. Uh, that's why when I saw it I come across when you and I talked about it, I said I want to share it with Clark so he can see it. So it's, it's th things like that. It, it was a good times, but a fortunate, you know, just remembering you know some some of those bad things and as i mentioned in the beginning you know i, I witnessed uh, people being mistreated i witnessed people people being smacked around by these soldiers i, I witnessed uh, people being you know injured by grenades and you know have their limbs you know uh, 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 cut off and, and and things of that nature starvation and, uh, and all of this so it was just really disheartening to see, and I guess, you know, as a child, you were in shock to see that, you know, people pretty much spoke like us, looked like us, culturally just like us, enjoyed the same music and foods, except that there was that religious difference. Uh, other than that, or nothing surfaced. If you, if you saw one of their soldiers on ours, you wouldn't really tell the difference. Um, again, you can't blame everybody because not everybody's the same, but there was very few... My only understanding, as I'm as I'm educating myself in reading, I, I came to conclusion that definitely one thing, the the, the one thing is for sure, um, you can influence people, and what what Radovan Karadzic or Radko Mladic did, you know, they were very smart individuals, doctors. I mean, went to school, they understood. There was there was a. They were high-ranking officers in the Yugoslavian People's Army. So they knew if they go to these villages where people just need somebody to lead, and even if that means wrong, people would follow. And unfortunately, the, the snowball effect, oh, my cousin joined, I'm going to join, I'm going to turn around, oh, it's all right, it's, it's, it's been taken from us, we're going to go ahead and have, get it back. Um, I, I know you and I are sitting and talking, and I'm, I might be a little all over the place, but hopefully whoever is listening this, you know, understand that, you know, there was no, there was no ordinary day during during the war. Uh, there was every day was a different story because it was survivor survival. Even as a child, you know, you know, you would go. And, and try to find, um, you know, collect and fruits and vegetables and, you know, uh, be a shepherd, whatever you needed to do, because 
you had to be self-efficient. You had to, you had to provide because you know we never knew when 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 sniper gonna shoot. When they're gonna decide to um, send the airplane with with, with with bombs or grenades and stuff like that. That was daily. I mean, that was legit daily. I mean, we could be sitting any time of the day or night in the house and you could hear some kind of shooting somewhere. It was just like a fireworks all the time. And <laughs> just to give you an idea, that it's down where I come from, very small. Like maybe 4,000 people. Very, very small. That's a small area. But, you know, historically, really, really strong men really, really, uh, uh, you know, uh, strong men and women come from that part of the country. And imagining that you had a whole army trying to take that, uh, take us as a, you know, as a prisoners and take our lands that we held for like four years alone. To All of that is just, is fascinating when you have all kinds of weaponry, uh, on the other side and, you know, just kind of deprive you from food and water and medical medical uh, uh, supplies or anything like that. Well, share a little bit within the realms of your comfortability, but yeah. you know how you're comfortable with it, but your personal experiences, mm -hmm. not only things that you, perhaps you mm -hmm. witnessed, mm -hmm but also things mm -hmm. that may have happened to mm -hmm. you personally yeah. during this time. Oh, absolutely, Clark. Um, you know, when, when, when Srebrenica was taken and we knew that Srebrenica was occupied by Serbian army and Dutch soldiers definitely failed to, to protect them, uh, we, 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 we knew there was a matter of time when, when it's going to happen to us. Fortunate for us, we didn't have as much as casualties as Srebrenica, as you know, 85 plus 100 young boys and men were massacred in a matter of two, three days. Um, that all in the national community just kind of pretty much turned the other cheek, didn't really care. Um, when when we realized that, you know, th this is it for us, our... Um, mayor of, of town started negotiating with Serbian Ser, Serb army through uh, through couriers through United Nations couriers to, so they can come to the one of the checkpoints so they can meet in person so they can figure out how to uh, have everybody on the board so everybody surrenders so they can send the buses or whatever so they can just clean the town and and send the civilians and men man to uh, to to closest uh, closest town, which was uh, Bosnian territory at the time, town of Kladanj. Um, well, you know, men were smart enough. At least my father and many others, they didn't uh, they did not want to surrender because we knew that he knew that if they, if they if they surrendered most likely their fate is, was going to be the same as what happened in Srebrenica so they decided uh to to go to a few different directions through forests of of of, of Bosnia or to maybe you know reach reach the free territory a lot of them went through towards uh, uh Serbia 
hoping that they would go undetected through the forest and just get to Basingland and some of them went to um, other, other directions towards Gorazdes or Kladan or, or whichever one direction that we knew. But civilians, we stayed. And I remember seeing these big buses, you know, come into town and everybody came down and it's just a chaos, like kids crying and uh, women calling their kids and they can't find it. And, and, and at that point, um, Serbian army, they came down and they started commingling with civilians and, and, and Ukrainian soldiers, you couldn't really tell who is who anymore. Uh, and it was kind of scary. I mean, I'm seeing these men with the AK-47s and rifles and like right there beside, beside me. And they're just kind of like staring around, probably looking where the men were. But of course, they didn't, you know, uh, at that point, at least, they didn't, they didn't uh, you know, uh, harass anybody or anything like that because they knew there was a cameras around. There's still a lot of footage that you can see. You know, they kind of tried to act professional. Well, you know, everybody was filling out the buses and leaving. And when, 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 when my turn was, my mom and I, my sister, and at the time, my uh, two-year-old niece, there was, no, there was no any more buses. They actually started sending, like, semi-trucks, like, like, like big, old, big old trucks, uh, and they would just put us on back of it, and there was a little journey, a few hours drive that they they had idea just to dump us there, and then you on your own. Well, it's really hard to describe that. Just just knowing that you know you are under you in this truck, and the soldiers would randomly when you when the trucks would park or whatever they uh, they negotiate, whatever they were doing, anyway, they would stop. Like you would have soldiers like hitting people with back of their guns and stuff like that. And and I remember everybody just kind of like going towards the middle and kids crying and they need to use the restroom, you know, and they're small kids and, you know, they urinate on themselves. I mean, it's just they soil themselves, stuff like that. So it was, and it was hot. It was July. It was a month July. It was really hot. And, when we were getting closer to this point where they would dump us out of the buses or trucks and they would order us to walk several miles, like walk several miles to get to the city of Kladan where there was this big tunnel. And if you go through the tunnel on the other side, there would be Bosnian army like waiting on us. Um, that's when a lot of chaos started happening because, you know, it was basically no man's land, and that's that was opportunity for these uh, rebels, these uh, 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 Serbian soldiers, who just kind of went off and did their own thing, started harassing people, um, asking for money or, or 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 gold, and if you didn't have it, well, guess what? You was gonna get beaten, or or else. Uh, and in all of the process, my sister and my niece were going in front of me, and my mom, it was me, and then my mom behind me. And I remember, like, really, really, this guy, the soldier comes, like, down the hill from, he jumps out of the uh, uh, bushes, and he has, like, this, um, like, a red bandana on his knee, above the knee, and um, it has 
big big knife like one of those knives that you would come like on a comeback uh, uh, guns you know if you get close you know fight with, I guess you know whatever he took it off he put it on his leg and he just grabs me and he's asking my mom obviously like I was right with her he said uh, okay so uh, any gold money this and that my mom was like I, I, I you know I don't I, I don't have anything he was like well, you know what? You better guess something because, like, I am about to cut his throat. He grabs me and he grabs the gun and he puts under my neck and 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 demands it. Then my my sister, you know, just started panicking and crying, and she's like maybe a few feet away from us. And my niece started crying, and my sister tried to like close her mouth because like it, it gets them upset because they don't want to be heard what they're doing, you know. Uh, it's gonna raise the tension because it's like really early in the morning and it's like almost a dawn but it's really quiet how you can hear like a steps of people and it's like really creepy this area is like creek on the other side it's just like really horror movies and i'm just kind of sitting there like I, I i i remember just being like 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 a stick like i just froze like i didn't know what to do and you know my mom started digging through stuff and you know she grabbed some of the money that you know some old bills from Yugoslavia, you know, he was like, I don't want that, that doesn't does anything, and throws it away, and it started like pushing and shoving and pressing, and pressing on my neck, and then my, with knife, and then my mom finally found like a hundred, uh, hundred or 150 uh, uh, Deutschmark, which was German, uh, German currency at the time, I don't know how my father had it, I remember them talking, when they started sensing that there was war happening, they would take like our Yugoslavian currency dinar and they would exchange it for the foreign currency because information. I mean, it was you know the country was falling apart. Obviously, they couldn't do anything with it. So when she gave him money, and then he started demanding more. You know, my mom said, "I really don't have everything. They don't have anything." And then fortunately, some other soldier says, "Man, just if you gotta get through everybody, we gotta get through everybody." You know, I'm guessing he was letting them know, "I, you, you got something? Like, leave him alone. Let's go to the next one." And need, needless to say, you know that that's what exactly what they did. Kind of just sh shoved me away. Um, my mom said that you know, also hit her. I did not see that, but I, it, I'm sure he did. Uh, with, with, with back of the gun, just like they were hitting the people when they were sitting on trucks. Uh, and then he was actually threatening my sister too, because baby was crying. He said, you know, you better shut it or, or I'm just gonna grab it and throw it down that creek. Um, so only thing that my mom keep telling me, say, okay, go, 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 go. And I can hear him just right on the back, pulling, grabbing the next person, grabbing the next old woman, man, child, whatever. Uh, and as, as we were walking, like, I mean, to me, it seemed like a century. I mean, it seemed so long. Uh, and I was just, I guess, in shock that, you know, hearing people saying, look at the bodies, look at the bodies. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I tried to look, and my mom just keep pushing my head to the side because I guess she didn't want me to see but I did get a glance of uh, glance that there was like, I mean, obviously you could see the body, but they were just covered with the blankets, and you could see imprint of that's exactly that's what it was, uh, and, and and it's so strange that you know when I when we went to uh, back home now when I go visit sometimes and I, I like to drive through there and just kind of like 
you know, explain to my friends when I go where, where what took place. And specifically, I remember in distance seeing this, uh, like a, it was kind of abandoned, like a motel. And I saw a bunch of cars of, 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 their, uh, of, of, of their army there and, you know, a bunch of civilians, our people. Like, I, I really don't know what they were doing, but, you know, later on we have found out that a lot of people were just, you know, uh, executed, molested, raped, whatever, you know. Um, but that was, that was, that was really, uh, it, it was hard. It was hard to survive there as a child, even talking about it right now, as you get older, you, 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 you becoming uh, more conscious of like what, what human life means and how senseless war is to begin with for nothing. No one won't. There won't, no one won't. I mean, you have all these republics, they're suffering, struggling, chaos, corruption, Mafia, gangsters, nothing. People suffer. People still, you know, um, here in Charlotte, as I mentioned right at the beginning of this uh, uh, conversation, not everybody is the same. There's a lot of Serbs who feel the very same as I do about it. There was senseless war. There's a lot of Croats, a lot of Macedonians, a lot of Slovenians, you know, senseless, senseless uh, war that took place. And remind me, how old were you at the time when this was... When, when war started, I was seven years old when war started. Sure. Uh, when war started, I was seven years old. Uh, I was first, second grade. Uh, I was second grade. And, and it's just... Uh, it's, 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 it's hard to, to remember... But, you know, I always want to because, you know, if, if you forget your history, most likely it repeats itself. And when I talk to my friends and colleagues, <laughs> a lot of times, and, and, you know, some of my clients, when I talk to them and I say, when they say, you know, it's natural for people to ask where you're from. I say, well, you know, I'm from Bosnia. What brings you here? And when I tell them I came as a refugee, they really ask question again. As a refugee, it, because again, you know, we forget things. Humans, we forget things, and this was in the '90s. And who would expect in heart of the Europe and Balkans there was the little tiny country that that, that 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 there's been ethnic cleansing done in this country, and so many people. And this is just one portion, as you and I talk about, you know, my 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 life and where I grew up, you know. But if you think about you know, so many, so many uh, other uh, towns and capital city in Bosnia, it's been through similar or worse things. But for us, it was just a little extra hard and, and, and challenging and devastating because we were so cut away from mainland of, of, of Bosnia. So we had no channels, we had nothing, we had no connection with, with rest. We had no idea about everything was going on. All we knew, there's a ring around a small town and nothing is going in, coming out other than grenades. And you've talked about it a little bit, but share a little more about just daily life experience for you. You say mm -hmm. there, you couldn't go through a day where you weren't hearing guns or you were hearing bombs mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. there was fear of mm -hmm. snipers. Mm -hmm. What was that like? You're only seven years old. Right. We, you know, Clark, it, I, when, I, when I picture neighborhood where I was born, 
it's, it's kind of like if you watch the Lord of the Rings series and the beginning of the movie when they come to this little uh, 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 green lands and everything in peace and beautiful and nature. And that's how I imagine, imagine my neighborhood where I grew up. Fruits and vegetables and green stuff and neighbors and cousins, everybody getting along. But now all of that was gone and for simple task as maybe going to your neighbor's house or getting your cousin or friend to go play if you could in any given time. And I'll share this with you. Um, I remember one incident where we went to play on our way home like you hear airplanes. When you hear airplanes, you're hiding. And I remember us hiding under this uh, 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 cherry tree. we hiding under this cherry tree and we looking up and you can see the plane and you can see these uh, uh, bombs. What they would do, they would uh, improvise. The army would improvise these bombs. They would connect a bunch of small bombs with the chain from one another. And when they drop them, they would just, it would just do so much more damage. Uh, and I remember that happening and then the falling like really, really close to, to, our, to our neighborhood. I, I almost felt like the whole earth is just like shook and lifted everything up and put us back down like a few feet off the ground. And, and, and I remember like a, a man talking, like my father, cousins talking, they, they would throw in these bombs also that, that would like fill up with the, with the gasoline or kerosene so the forest would catch on fire. And indeed they did. In one point of time, we thought like airplane have crashed because it was like whole like like they people had to go get these buckets and try to put the fire away so actually the, the the neighborhood wouldn't like burn. But I guess that was part of this tragedy as well to get the people to leave their homes so they could maybe do more damage and, and shootings. But you know, few more incidents where like you know the, you, 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 you're hearing grenades and you almost kind of become immune to it like it's part of your life and you go oh it's a shooting you know I just have to do what I have to do you know it's just it's, it's happening uh, and one particular time in, uh, in, in, in my house I think I shared this with you as well in the basement I went to basement and all of a sudden grenades start falling there was like periods of time, like usually like, like mid-morning and like late afternoon, that's, that's when they would do it. And these few grenades, I opened like a basement door. I wanted to like hear what's going on. And my uncle's sheep, he had a few sheep in, 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 his, uh, in his yard uh, because even if you weren't a farmer, at, during the war you became one because that was only source of survivor, you know, milk, meat, whatever you had to do. Um, they were, they were, you know, they were feeding off of grass, and then all of a sudden, this really strong explosion like hit, and all I saw it like it was this uh, gray dust and kicked me, kicked me and threw me against the wall, and I lost conscious. And as as I waking up, I I, I see all these uh, small like. Uh, particles just falling in, in the basement and everywhere and I looked at the windows were all like gone and and I, I, as far as I could see like this door will now open like I looked down the yard and all sheep they were all dead they were killed by this grenade 
um, you know, of, of course it's an animal and you feel, but you know, fortunately there was no humans. But I know, trying to, I remember trying to get up. As I was getting up, I feel like a lot of pain. I'm like, what is going on? And I stood up, I went in my hands just to clean myself up. My hands were like, like bloody. And I looked, when I looked behind, my father had like a, a, a tools and, and axes and stuff like that in the corner. And when, when, when I was kicked back, I landed on top of that. So like all of, you know, my, my, my back and stuff was like, you know, injured from, from, uh, from, from just falling on top, on top of these things. And again, you become immune. We walked out, I remember my uncle who also died during the war, um, age thir 38. Uh, what he he just kind of like looking and kind of crying over over these sheep, you know, crying and some of them were dead, some of them were like half dead, injured and stuff like that. So he had to go in there with knife and just kind of put them out of their misery. Um, and you know, not when when someone says you know, you take for granted things like when I'm when I'm looking at things here as far as food and stuff like that. Knowing that there was times when people, including my family, didn't see bread for like weeks, bread to eat for, for weeks, you didn't, you didn't have any, or, or salt, or, or sugar, or, or oil, or soap, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, you just, there was no things, you know. Uh, to go to doctor, what doctor? There was no doctor. People would die from simple things as uh, appendix, or, or, or you know, um, giving birth. My my mother delivered so many children uh, during the war. She delivered my niece in in our home uh, without any any expertise, any uh, <laughs> training or anything like that. You know. Deliver right in our, in our bedroom. I remember just like today. It was May 10, 1990, 1992. When she just lives in Salisbury right now. Uh, and that very same child, maybe few few days old, when Serbian army tried to take the stronghold of Yugoslavian army that was in our town on, on top. It's called um, uh, uh, Mountain Zlover, where the Yugoslavian People's Army had uh, 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 um, headquarters and it was um, a lot of radars. It was really significant, uh, significant importance for, for so-called Serbia Republic of Srpska Army to come to take that. And our men defeated them in the city of Budućin Potok, uh, stopped them with bare hands by cutting trees down and tanks would get on top of them and they would slid in the ditches so they couldn't pass. And I remember my father and my brother-in-law like running like in their civilian clothes with bare hands. Like, I mean, that's bravery. And these are the men who were like civil engineers, doctors, I mean, uh, laborers, you know, all sorts of, I mean, all, all, all sorts of uh, professions. But they had to protect their family. And few 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 days after my niece was born we had to leave our neighborhoods go to the mountains to hide and i remember this particular time climbing up to mountain and and looking in the distance 
one of our neighborhood villages, it was just burning. Every, every single house was burning. I mean, it was just like a daylight, like it was burning. And as we were going down, because we were rushing to get to these caves so we could hide, um, in that process, my sister, as she was carrying my niece, she, in, in, in this fear to, to save our lives because they were shooting at us in grenades, uh, she had the baby turned upside down. She didn't even realize, and baby was about to just, you know, uh, uh, suffocate. And she was crying. She just thought she was crying because, you know, being baby, being young and disturbed. And 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 I remember us hiding in these caves that my uncle found um, in in a mountain, and it was like legit cave, cave that. You know, it was there formed by nature and, uh, uh, you know, hiding inside and you had this cold water dripping on your head and you try and trying to sleep and it was just, yeah, it was just some of the serious, so many of these, so many of these things. And it's just as a kid, like I was saying, you become immune to certain things and they're like, oh, somebody got killed. Oh, well, you know, what can you do? It's war. See soldiers coming back. Uh, injured or killed in in, in, in the battles and, and stuff like that, um, or even uh, you know going uh, to 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 catch fish uh, in in uh, in where uh, river river Drina was meeting river Zepa, uh and you will see these bodies that they would. Uh, uh, nailed to the to the doors or nailed to some kind of plywood or something that the Serbian soldiers would kill in neighboring city of Visegrad. And they knew when they would kill these uh, uh, poor Muslim men and women that if they send them down the river, they were trying to send a message that way too. I mean, it's a massive grace that, that our uh, cousins and neighbors would catch these bodies as they were coming down and just kind of bury them in, in, these, in these massive graves there. Wow. What I want to do is, in our next segment, I want to continue mm -hmm. our discussion with this, with yeah. your remembrances, and I also want you to share some of the things that you've shared with me mm -hmm. prior mm -hmm. about your dad's experiences as well. So, yeah, we'll save, we'll save those for our next segment. But I thank you for your honesty yeah. and willingness to come, come here and, and chat and get yeah. your story out. It's, it's very important for people to know this. You know what, Clark, I, I appreciate you and the people like yourself who, you know, you could be sitting in comfort of your home and watch History Channel right now, but you actually decide to do something. And uh, as you know, you, you also involved some other things, <laughs> which, which, I, which I'm grateful for that, that you're doing and, you know, try to help as much as I can. But if I can share this and if somebody can hear and if somebody can say, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's stop this XYZ country because it's going down this path. Let's help these people. Let's educate them. Let's 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 understand that war makes 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 no sense. Uh, I, I think we all could uh, we all can and we could live live in harmony. Well, thank you very much yes, for sir. sharing. Thank you.